The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good evening. Can you hear me okay? Great. Sorry to be late. Um, By the end of these five-week series, you'll know that there's no need to wait for anything because you can just practice. That's what you were doing very nicely. Maybe I disturbed you. Once many years ago when I was kind of learning this practice, I was with a teacher who said, if, uh, if you're waiting for something to happen, you miss the boat. Because his idea was you can always just show up for now, whatever that is. But I'm sorry to be late. And um, I'm out of habit of teaching in the evening. I used to do this all the time before the pandemic. And this is the first time since the pandemic that I started this class that I started teaching in the evening. So i just out of habit and... I was busy at home with things. So, um, so here we are the second week of this internal meditation class. And uh, the second week we talk about mindfulness of the body. And uh, some people are challenged with their body right away when they practice meditation. Sooner or later most people are challenged in some way with discomfort in the body. But even without uh, having to practice with discomfort, uh, the body is this wonderful arena for practice. In fact, um, uh, it's maybe the central kind of arena, so much so that some people will say that the real temple, the Buddhist temple, or the real monastery is your own body. That uh, learning to kind of live in your body, through your body. And it was certainly a surprise for me when I started practicing Buddhism, how much being in the body, being embodied, was uh, a, was emphasized. And um, over and over again, we would, uh, various ways, use our bodies, bring attention to our bodies, that uh, evoked a very strong sense of embodiment. And there's even Buddhist texts that say that uh, people get enlightened through the body. And the Buddha himself talked about there's no enlightenment without mindfulness of the body. It's that important. So it's not just we have to contend with it and be mindful of it because it's challenging sometimes. The body is actually quite a wonderful place to live. And, uh, and what we'll see through meditation practice as it develops, the relation, not only is the relationship to the body changes, but also our inner sense of what the body is changes. And it turns out that the, if you close your eyes and feel your body, that whatever feeling you have of your body, the experience you have of your body, is not just a physical body. What the, the experience of the body you have is always a, uh, mediated by the thoughts you have, the mind states you have, the level of concentration you have, the level of distraction you have, the level of neurosis you have. The, the body is very amenable to the mind states and what's going on in the mind. And it's dramatic how thoroughly this, our experience of the body can change when the ordinary thinking mind quiets down. And um, there was a time in my early years where I 
I had something I called my karmic body, which was the body of tension that I carry around all the time. And a lot of what I, my sense of my body was the body that was tense and held and all that. And then when I got into meditation, at some point or other, it was kind of like I left the karmic body behind. And my sense of body became much more harmonious, radiant, soft, expansive. Sometimes like there was, there was no sense of any boundaries in a way that felt really, really delicious. So I say all this to you with the idea that whatever you think your body is and your experience of your body is, it probably isn't what you think. Um, <clears throat> or say it differently, it is exactly what you think. <laughs> Let's think differently. And your body, experience of your body will become different as well. So that was all kind of introductory. For basic and, uh, mindfulness practice, uh, we are learning to bring mindfulness to the body, a form of attention where it is, um, we can be present for our body in a respectful, caring way without being reactive to it, without shutting down or resisting what's happening, but learning how to bring a kind of balanced, open awareness to, the, to experiences in the body so that rather than contracting or reacting, we actually are softening and relaxing with whatever is happening in the body. And um, so I think what's maybe nice to do is to start with an exercise that maybe will give you some feeling kind of for what mindfulness of the body can be about before we apply it in a different way to how we do it in meditation. And that would be to first, um, just as you are, you don't have to change your posture if you don't want, but just close your eyes to being in a comfortable way. And with your eyes closed, become aware of uh, your dominant hand. And feel the sensations you have in that hand. On the surface of the hand, the back of the hand, the palm of the hand, and the fingers. And and it isn't so much that you're up in the control tower looking down at the hand, It's more like, what is the hand's experience of itself? Feeling the hand. And the sensations of your hand, do they radiate or pulse or are they warm or cold, tingling or Any feelings of pleasant or unpleasant sensations in the hand? And if your attention is on the hand, 
but relaxed, does your awareness kind of roam around, kind of float between the different sensations of your hand? So the hand's experience of itself. So just very simple, very relaxed, allowing the hand to be itself, allowing the sensations to be there in a simple way. And then with your eyes closed, why don't you think about your hand? You probably look at your hand over your many times in your lifetime and And maybe you've thought about the things that are wrong with your hand. And maybe your fingers are too long or too stubby, too large, too small. Maybe your hand maybe has too many wrinkles or too many lines, or maybe the color of the hand is not quite right. Certainly you can start figuring out how something's kind of not right with your hand, or maybe it's not right now that I'm talking about it. Wow, the hand. How did you get into with that kind of hand? So this is is bringing in here now thoughts and ideas, judgments about the hand. Some of you maybe it was a bit painful. I'm sorry to to evoke that for you. But now, put aside all those thoughts and go back to feeling the hand by itself. The hand's experience of itself. Where it has no, the hand itself has no idea of how a hand should be. It doesn't compare itself with other hands, it just It's just there, sensations of the hand. And for about a minute or two to maybe accompany your hand by breathing through it, breathing with it, allowing it to be itself, allowing it to be felt, as you breathe along with it. And then you can take a few long, slow, deep breaths, and when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So, two different ways of experiencing your hand. One was the hand's experience of itself, and one was through the filter of these stories, ideas, I, sorry I brought along about your hand that's kind of comparative thinking and judgments of what's a good hand and what isn't a good hand or what fingers should be or all that. So two different ways of experiencing the hand. 
what did you notice about the difference between those two? Were they pretty much the same? You'll take it or leave them? Or was one... How were they different? Nothing? Yes, please. hands experience of itself I was mostly thinking about how it feels how what how it feels yeah and then when you are talking about um, our judgment or comparison I'm thinking of how it looks and how, what was it and how did, how did what was the what was it like for you the two different ways did you prefer one over the other well how it looks was more a negative for me, uh-huh. like I was thinking about the dry spots and the whatnot, uh-huh. you know? so it wasn't a positive. But the other was more neutral. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. Someone else. For me, um, one was less busy, a less busy experience than the other, and the other was more. Um, involved, let's say. So you were more involved with the hand and mentally yes. involved. Yes. Uh-huh. And the latter is, is how I want to be. The way? The latter is how I want to be and feel always. The latter being just feeling the hand. Receptive and, and coexisting with the hand uh-huh. as opposed to being busy and, uh-huh. and uh, thinking about selecting. it. And, yeah. yeah. Great. I wouldn't say it's positive or negative. Um, they're different, uh-huh. but I prefer one feeling to the other. But why? Why prefer one over the other? Uh, well, less busy, and um, from what I'm beginning to learn about Buddhism, is um, it's a way of feeling uh, freer. Great. That's very nice. Thank you. I saw another... Yes? Hi. Sorry, I'm over here. Um, yeah, I felt the same way that you did, and that you did. <laughs> um I noticed uh, uh, it was hard to. It, it, I had. I kept toggling back to my thoughts and then to the hand, and it was hard to like stay on the hand. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I found. It was and it wasn't even harder after I told you to think about your hand. Yeah, well, then I was starting to judge my hand and think about what it looks like exactly, rather than how it feels or. Uh-huh. And which which way did you prefer to be? I preferred the way the way that's not judging my hand. And and, and why would you prefer that? Um, because it seems much less, um, yeah, like busy and critical and thought oriented. It's just uh-huh. being. But given how much human beings judge, isn't that like what people? Isn't that normal? And shouldn't we be spend more time doing that? Judging? Yeah, given how much people do it already. I know. Well, it just means it's hard. I see why it's hard to to practice. To do the practice because of that mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, one over here. Um, <clears throat> with the f- feeling of the hand, I... I felt um, life in me. I felt alive. 
because it was full of sensations and energy. And I guess the other one, I I forget that I'm alive because <laughs> I'm so busy thinking <laughs> about the spots and yeah, so forth. Great, very nice. Yeah, forget you're alive. And um, some sometimes in spiritual circles they say that some people are dead before they die because they're so disconnected from themselves they don't feel their aliveness, they're lost in their thoughts. So that exercise was meant to offer you um, a contrast that maybe you can find useful as you do this mindfulness practice. That as we're doing mindfulness of the body, we're being mindful of what's happening in the body, the way we felt that just felt the hand, the hand's feeling of itself. Very simple. And it's not a time to judge or make comparisons or react or... Um, we do that plenty, but that often is not really so connected to reality or it's not so useful and, and it's often painful. And often when it gets accumulated or it gets more important things than the hand, it can be really, really painful that we'll, to do that. And we don't only do it to ourselves, unfortunately we do it towards others as well. We judge them for their hands or their thing or whatever. And, um, and, uh, and then because we do that as a society, we do it to each other, it reinforces us doing it to ourselves and feeling bad about ourselves and identifying ourselves, you know, I'm this kind of person. And if we get busy in the mind and thinking and it can be very debilitating to spend a lot of time in those thoughts spinning. Mindfulness of the body is to, uh, is to drop out of that mind and allow ourselves to feel the body on its own terms from the inside out, free of the concepts, free of the judgments that we might normally have in everyday life. And then in a few weeks we'll talk about mindfulness of thinking that will show a different way of how to be mindful of those kinds of thoughts without being caught by them. But for now, Mindfulness of the body, this is closer to what mindfulness of the body is. The hand, for most of you, probably was a relatively neutral place to feel. Some of you might have arthritis or your hand might hurt. But sometimes in meditation, what we're feeling doesn't feel pleasant or neutral. It might actually be unpleasant, might be painful even. And when we do mindfulness meditation, you're always welcome to change your posture if you're, you feel your posture is uncomfortable and you're better off changing. But if all you do is change every time that you're uncomfortable, you're shortchanging the power of the unlearning of the meditation's about. When you feel like you, your morale is good, feel like it's appropriate, the idea is to, within reason, to st- uh, also practice with the discomfort of the body. And, 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 uh, and the way to feel the discomfort of the body is in the same way that you felt the hand. And, uh, and so it, that's hard to do because when it's done comfortable, then the thinking mind kicks up. And, oh no, I need to go to the doctor and probably need to have the, my toes amputated and, and then how am I going to play, you know, you know, soccer and things will be hard and, you know, I should probably, I'm getting stressed now and I should probably do... I've heard the meditation can help me calm down, and then you realize you are meditating. You know, the mind spins out, right, so easily. But, uh, but uh, the idea is to learn how not to give in to that thinking mind and being able to feel the body on its own terms. And I like to believe that that's a very respectful thing to do for your body. 
that your body is not just, I said, like I said before, just a hunk of flesh. It's not just a physical thing. The body is an integral part of who you are. It's part of your intelligence, your creativity. Your, the body is an antenna that picks up the environment, picks up what's going on inside of you. You need your body. Your body is dynamic and engaged in life and the process of living in a very important way. And to leave the body behind by going up into judgments and thinking and fantasy, uh, comparative thinking, uh, is kind of to disconnect. And it's actually a little bit disrespectful for the innateness or the, the, the integral aspect of this body. So to drop down and feel the body, and even if it's un- uncomfortable, the art of it is to how to discover, okay, my knee aches, now how can I just let the attention just be there as if it's not a problem, it's just something to be felt. If you do feel it's a problem and feel like you're getting antsy or feel like something is wrong, or you're afraid, by all means move your, move your posture, change what you're doing. But sooner or later what happens with people meditate, they realize that they're better off not moving so much. They realize that some of the reason they move is because of impatience, restlessness, because they feel like they have to call 911 because their their foot has fallen asleep and there's all this excitement. Um, But to just begin to relax and trust the body and let the body feel itself, um, all kinds of things open up that are really, really useful. So the way that we practice uh, mindfulness is that here at IMC, the way I teach, is that the, the default, the center, center of the meditation practice is the breathing. Breathing doesn't work for everyone, so it doesn't have to be the center. Some people let the whole body be the center. They just feel their whole body like you felt the hand. And that's the grounding. That's how they center themselves mindfully in the present moment. There's other ways, but for now I'll leave those two. But here we I emphasize the breathing if it works. And so breathing is a wonderful object for many people. It's the, the, the rhythm of breathing is kind of soothing. If you, if you settle into breathing and your breathing gets, starts getting a little bit longer because you're just kind of relaxing with it, the longer the exhale, um, the more it seems to relax much of our nervous system. And in fact, some people who are overexcited or panic attack, people will say, just breathe deeply. And sometimes that can make a big difference to calm people down. And, um, and there's something about the rhythm of breathing that for some people makes it easier to stay present. Something which doesn't move a lot in a rhythm, it's harder for the mind to stay focused on. And so to ride the waves of the breath coming and going, it's almost like your maybe attention is like a ball floating on the waves in the ocean and just kind of resting with it and following it. And then as we practice more and more, that uh, we start being able to kind of get um, more and more settled on the breathing and the mind wanders off less. And that has a lot of benefits because then the mind's not thinking so much. It's not spinning out in these crazy thoughts that it can have that are often debilitating. However, in our, so some places, in med- some meditation uh, traditions, uh, like in Zen that I practiced first, uh, the, the, all we were told to do was to be with the breath. That was like the be-all and end-all. And so every time the mind wandered off, we came back to the breath. Wandered off, came back, tried to stay there with the breathing. When I learned mindfulness, I learned a different way. And that is, uh, when there's something that's compelling, something 
stronger than the breathing, we learn to make that the object of attention. And so, uh, whatever it might be, and we'll talk more about this as we go through these weeks, but for now it would be the body. So if the experience, some experience of the body is more compelling than the breathing. And compelling means that it's tugging at the tension, like pay attention to me. You know, it's, and it could, sometimes it's just a lot of energy in the body, sometimes it's something very pleasant, sometimes it's unpleasant, but something in the body. The, the, then what we do is we stop focusing on the breathing and let the attention go to this place in the body where that compelling sensation is. And then you would feel it the way you would feel the hand. Get to know it. Explore it. Let the attention, as if your awareness is a kind of, kind of very relaxed thing that kind of floats around in that area where that is. You just feel it. Feel how, it, how the body experiences that. As you do that, you might notice that uh, you're reacting to it, or you're judging it, or you have ideas about it. This shouldn't be there, or this is great. And um, those are different. Those are the ideas. That's how the mind gets busy. Um, and that's extra. So, the, of course, the mind will do that. It's not like you can just turn that, the thinking switch off. But what we're trying to do is not to live in those thoughts. Let them recede to the background and live in the lived experience of the body of the area you're feeling until you feel more or less settled with it, like it's been acknowledged well enough. And maybe that maybe it's just three breaths. That's enough. Just feel it with three breaths, four breaths. Feel it for a while. Sometimes you might want to feel something for five minutes if it's really compelling. If you find hard to stay, like say your knee aches, and it's hard to stay there, some people find it helpful to imagine they're breathing with or breathing through that place in the body. And so the rhythm of breathing kind of gets related to that part of the body, and it's easier to stay there to feel it, be with it, sense it. After it's been acknowledged well enough or no longer compelling, then the practice is to come back to your breathing and continue with the breathing. Relax with the breathing, relax on the exhale, let go of your thinking mind on the exhale, and then, um, and then uh, until something else arises. And, um, and so it's kind of like uh, the, the breathing's at the center, something happens, you go out and visit it, and then you come back to the center. Something else happens, you go out to it, and you come back to the center without any protests, without any complaining, without just, to just one more thing to pay attention to. It has just as much value to feel, um, you know, a warm tingling in your chest as it is to feel the breathing. It's just the next thing to be aware of. And, um, and to learn how to be present in a non-reactive, non-judgmental way for your body is a foundation for how we're going to be mindful of emotions, how we're going to be mindful of thinking, how we bring a kind of very different kind of meditative or wise attention to the present moment experience that is not being, where attention is not being mediated or filtered through our stories, our ideas, our memories, our judgments, all kinds of things that we often get in the way and make things much more complicated than they need to be. So that makes sense? 
somewhat. Do you have any questions about that or anything you want to, before we do a meditation? Is it okay? You ready? So we've been sitting now for a while. Um, we'll meditate for a little while. So you're probably a good idea to stand up and stretch and just kind of uh, get refreshed in your body for a minute or so. This way of including the body as part of the meditation by when it speaks, when the body speaks up and it's more compelling, the sensations in your body, you turn to it and take that in in this meditative way. Over time, uh, over months and years, uh, sooner or later your whole body gets met. Your whole body gets filled with awareness and attention and slowly the body wakes up more and more. And I think I was very disconnected to my body when I started meditating. And slowly this practice kind of brought my body more alive, more sensitive. And so it became this marvelous field of attention and information and and, uh, refuge for me. So so you might also find this way that there's a slow process of waking up. Maybe most of you feel you're already in your body just fine. But uh, probably if you do this for a while, You'll, you'll, the contrast will be quite strong and just, oh wow, this is like really, now it's, it was, I was alive before two-dimensionally, now it's three-dimensionally or something. So, assuming a meditation posture and gently closing your eyes. It's good to take a few minutes at the beginning to prepare yourself for meditation. And one way to do that is to take a few long, slow, deep breaths. And as you exhale, take a long exhale where you relax in your body. breathing return to normal and continue preparing for the meditation by 
with a normal breath, with each exhale for a while, relaxing the holding in your body, tension in your body. Some people like to do it systematically, starting at maybe the forehead and the eyes, feeling what's there on the inhale, and softening the forehead and eyes as you exhale. On the exhale, letting the muscles of the face fall away from the bone. On the inhale, feeling your shoulders. On the exhale, relaxing the shoulders, softening. On the inhale, feeling your belly. And the exhale, softening the belly. Feeling some global sense of your whole body, whatever way is easy. And on the exhale, releasing the body. Relaxing any way in which you brace yourself against life. And now become aware of the part of your body where you usually experience your breathing. Some people feel it more in the belly moving, some people the chest, some people the air going in and out through the nostrils. Some people will feel all of them together in some global way. But whatever way that you, whatever way where you feel the body's experience of breathing, in that area, 
let it be like the exercise with the hand. To allow the body to have its own experience of breathing without any shoulds or the way it's supposed to be. Doesn't matter if it's comfortable or uncomfortable for the purposes of the meditation. When we make room for the body to experience itself, breathing, it's kind of like a gift we give the body, the gift of it getting to know itself, to know its, to feel itself, to make room to be itself. Make room for the body to feel feel itself breathing. and you floating on that experience. And I'm going to ask you to shift your attention someplace else and see if you can do it in a calm way, gentle, slow. So move your attention to some place in your body that's not your breathing, that's a little bit compelling. Maybe not the most compelling, but a little bit some other sensation in your body, place in your body. And like we did with a hand, let that part of the body know itself. Take time to know it. To feel it. And then letting go of that place and returning to breathing. Feeling the physical sensations of your body as your body breathes. If there's a lot of thinking on the exhale, relax the thinking mind. Any tension or tightness associated with thinking, let it soften and then return to breathing.
And now move your attention to what might be the strongest sensation in your body. And for a few moments, even if it's painful, let it be, let it be itself. And let the body experience it from the inside. If it helps, you can breathe with it or breathe through it. Giving the body the gift of feeling itself without the filter of your reactions and thoughts, judgments, It's an exercise of seeing how simple you can be. To simply feel the body in its own terms. And then returning to your breathing. Letting that sensation recede to the background as you enter into the body's experience of breathing. Knowing the rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. If the mind is thinking a lot, maybe every exhale, letting go of your thoughts, letting the thinking mind be quieter, Maybe the place in your body is slightly different where you feel the inhale and where you feel the exhale. 
And if you find yourself easily distracted from doing this, there's nothing wrong with that. For doing mindfulness practice, it's all about just knowing what's happening. So knowing, oh, a lot of thinking. And then when you're ready, begin again with your breathing. And then to end this meditation, you can take a few long, slow, deep breaths again and feel your body more fully, more widely. Feel the contact of your body against your cushion and chair and floor. And when you're ready, You can open your eyes. So there's a very strong, almost addictive force that exists in many people's minds to be thinking about all kinds of things. And sometimes our thinking has us by the nose and leads us around and directs us what we do and think and makes us restless or want things to be different or whatever. It can take a while for the thinking mind to discover that it's okay. It's safe to be present, to be relaxed. It doesn't have to be always busy and doing and spinning things. And that's a wonderful thing to give, to give to the thinking mind, that it can finally trust. It doesn't have to figure out, it doesn't have to plan all the time, it doesn't have to defend, it doesn't have to review and figure out what went wrong or something. It's okay to just be here, present in a very simple way. And, um, and one of the aids to this kind of simplicity of being is this mindfulness of the body. So it's a wonderful area to practice in. And what we're learning also is this um, way to actually, whatever is happening in the moment, to bring attention to it. And, um, and so right now we're keeping it simple, just breathing and the body 
with next week we'll talk about now including emotions in it and then thinking and then the whole world in it in it so that there's a kind of a different quality of attention that goes to being present in this world to meeting this world than is possible if we're always living in our thoughts our judgments or reactivity to it there's a whole it's almost like we're tapping into a different capacity of intelligence different capacity of creativity of freedom um, by not being so glued to the reactive mind, the thinking mind that's spinning out. And that's a slow process. And that's one of the reasons why you want to stay slow in this course. Just breathing the first week, now just the body. Keep it that simple. We know you're thinking a lot. We know there's a lot of emotions and stuff going on. And, and, um, and that, so that's coming. But right now I want to keep it simple just to get a sense of, develop a capacity to be in your body more and more. So, um, do you have any, what was that like? Was that interesting for any of you? Or revealing anything for you? Or challenging in any way? Or How was it? I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot because I'm new to this process. But, um, can you hear it? Okay. Um, I started feeling sad because my stomach hurts a lot, <laughs> and, um, and I'm even kind of crying a little bit right now, and I think um, I am not comfortable sitting with, like, I just, because there's nothing I can do about it, like, I've tried different things, and it still hurts, so being, like, sitting here and being with it kind of made me angry a little bit, <laughs> and then I felt... Yeah, I wanted to just get up and start walking around or yeah, do something yeah, yeah. or lay down or do something to... Because I know there's nothing I can do about it. So it's been going on for yeah. so long. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly you're welcome to get up and walk around You do walk if you feel that's better for you. Um, and uh, the uh, But there might be an, in, an interesting to discover a different way to be with discomfort. Right. When you can't do anything about it. Um, uh, even though you can't do anything about it, you were doing something in relationship to it. You were not liking it. I was not liking it, yeah. And, uh, and probably it's a series of other things, yeah. hating it, afraid of it, um, something. So you were doing something anyway, and some of those things are the way the gentleman talked about being busy. Some of those things are the reactivity of the mind, which is extra. And it's a marvelous thing that can happen for the body, for the pain, when we can be with pain without any reactivity. It's just pain. And it, it actually, when, when then the mindfulness gets really strong around something we call pain, it actually starts, stops being pain. And how does that happen? Uh, uh, pain is uh, not a singular thing. It's not like a, a, it's a composite. Pain is a composite that's made up of many factors. And, um, and those can, can shift very, very quickly as some of the multiple factors get diminished or shift and change. So to spend time with non-reactive attention to pain, like in their belly, is a gift to the belly. Because it stops, it's, it, start, it start becomes very different. But it's a, it's a challenging thing to learn because of how strong the habit is of reacting. 
Right, and then I, I like kind of wince because it hurts so much. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how bad it actually is. I so mean, it's not. It's just. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's so just. It's chronic and it's sort yeah, of uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but um, so I don't know. I can't tell you for your condition. No, you know, so it, it might be. It might be laying down. I don't know what it is. You're always welcome to stand. Stand up. But I think uh, very, very, very often, people who learn mindfulness learn how useful it is to be present with acute pain, with non-reactivity. And in meditation, you have a choice to get up and leave, always. A day will come where you don't have that choice. So meditation is the laboratory you're discovering how to be with challenging situations, very challenging life situations, in a new way. And so the idea is to, when you feel ready, to learn to ride the edge of where you're, where you're comfortable to be with things like this and see if you can find a different way. And, um, and not a few times people discover, like with pain, it's not just a pain there, but because we're reacting, there's a tension we build up around it. And that tension begins to dissipate. And lo and behold, the pain hasn't changed, but it's more manageable. There's something about the tension that created some of that reactivity. So to just hold it and be with it. So I get migraines sometimes. And, uh, and uh, I'm kind of miserable until I go to bed. And I put the, the sheets over my head, lay on my side, and, I can, then I, and then I'm home. And I'm happy. Because then what I do is I, I've learned to bring my attention right into the middle of the pain, most intense pain. And if I put my attention right into intense pain, it stops being pain. And then I can my breathing relaxes, and I'm just there with it, and and I'm comfortable. But I have to keep doing it because if I get distracted and start thinking again and, and leave that spot, oh, it starts hurting again. It's fascinating. And for me, I feel so lucky to have this capacity to just go there and be with it and hold it in this kind of way. So it's not easy to do what I'm saying, but that's kind of the direction we're pointing to here. So behind you, Mitra, and then this gentleman here first, and then right behind you in the, in the chair there. Oh, yeah. So I have a um, thank you for that. That helped address a lot of what was what my experience was. But I'm curious about a different situation, which is more the actual posture of sitting, um, because it's not chronic and it will go away if I move. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just curious, some of what you described I experienced, which was kind of like the hand exercise. Some, if I'm thinking about it as pain and uncomfortable and yeah. I just want to move, it just gets worse. But if I can pay attention to the details of what it feels like, there feels like there's some stretching or some pressure or, you know, it, it, it has a little bit more physical characteristic rather than the interpretation yeah. of pain. Yeah. But I'm just curious about when it's about sitting I mean, like you said, I can get up and walk away. Um, so, how do I how do I how do I sit with that? Do I just continue to sit and let it kind of practice the tolerance of the discomfort or the shifting of the way I'm being with the discomfort? Well, two things. Uh, it's good to have a good meditation posture. So, to get some really good instructions from a yoga teacher, and sometimes I give much more instructions on posture. I love to do that, and. Um, and uh, so you're aligned, and so you're not, you're not uncomfortable because of the posture. 
I mean, a little bit you have to because the money, muscles are stretching and getting tired and some of it's just part of a yoga posture you're getting used to. But um, um, so it's good to kind of find a good posture. And, and people who meditate regularly, slowly, 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 they find their posture. And it's really wonderful to, as a teacher to watch people come as a new newbie and you watch over a course of a year, their body changes and they get, sometimes you see, oh, now they have a yogic body. Just from sitting, something you know, ever in, in, in uh, you know, perceptible shifts begin happening and they kind of find, oh, okay, like this, like this, like this. And then after a year, like, wow, now the person's really there. You could, and they feel the whole posture is like, I'm there here in a nice way. So it's, it's slowly, it, it, people tend to learn it and develop it. And then, um, and then, uh, um, um, so the idea is, that, as I said before, that it is useful within reason to practice with discomfort. And, um, but you, you only should do it when you feel like you want to do it. You know, you, you know. I see. You, it's been. I've been meditating now for a few months, and every time I have, you know, uh, a little kind of ache, I move and I move and I move, and I seem like moving every two minutes. But you know, I don't think I need to move as much. You know, I'm interested in this thing Gil says that maybe you should learn a different way to be with discomfort. Now today, the discomfort is not so bad. So today I have this morale. Now today I'm, I slept well. I had a good meal. I'm a little bit enthusiastic. I want to explore this. Okay, let's let's try to explore it. And then you know, okay, that's enough. <laughs> and then next day a little bit longer, and slowly you learn about it. So I'm kind of making this. So it's up to you. So when you feel you're ready for the learning, for the practicing and training with the discomfort, do it. But you don't have to. It's not like in in Zen, you, you could we weren't allowed to move. So I know about <laughs> don't move, just sit with the pain. And there sometimes we had literally had to sit for hours. I think the longest was like three or four hours. So it's a little bit masochistic. <laughs> and um, so we, that's not that's not our, our school. But. This, so this is maybe a surprise for some of you that I'm talking about this because meditation is associated with just relax, get some calm, relax, feel good, float in a cloud. That's good. That's great. But we're doing something much more important in addition, something much more useful here. And that is we're learning how to meet whatever challenges life brings us and find a way to be with it so we're not reactive, so we have a wise way and I underscore the word wise, a wise way to stay with it, learn from it, find out what's going on, and maybe hold it with a compassion, hold it with equanimity, hold it calmly. And that's a phenomenal life skill to learn. Because you might have a situation where the doctors have no pain medication for you. So it's okay, I know it. I've done, I've done this before. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll practice now with this. Or it's not physical pain, but maybe it's emotional pain. And so what, what I like to say is that, you know, Buddhism is a lot about learning to be free. But if you're only free when you're comfortable, you're not really free. So you have to learn, at sooner or later, how to work with discomfort. And I'm saying it's up to you when that point is. 
Make sense? Does that give you enough? Does that answer your question okay? Thank you. Um, so just want to express some appreciation for the, the teaching tonight and the chance to kind of yeah, practice. Can you, can you lift it a little louder for me? You know, I, I can also talk louder. I just have a very yeah, quiet yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, if I put in my hearing aids in, in then I'm even speak softer because I hear my voice. And so I, saw, I have, I have a, such a soft voice to begin with, so I apologize if some of you are straining. We can turn my voice up. My thing's up too. But... Is, is this okay? Yeah, no, it's me? good, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I appreciated the instruction to kind of stay with the breath and then go off and visit different sensations that were compelling. Yeah. And I noticed, um, and this tends to happen when I sit, I all of a sudden like an itch arises, right? It's That wasn't there a second ago. And I've noticed too, like if I kind of let myself attend to that and I kind of scratch it, then another one will pop up somewhere else, right? So it's this like funny thing that happens. And so I just kind of did that practice, stayed with it, and it began to kind of transform. And it actually became this like really marvelous thing. And it was like, it's, it's kind of an odd experience, but it felt almost like a, like a constellation of stars or something like this sensation that was just arising and I was able to kind of hold it and very different relationship to it, which yes. I hadn't really experienced before. So I just wanted to share that and say thank you. Yeah, that could be wonderful. That's very nice. That's a, that's a way that this can unfold in meditation, stars and constellations and sparkles and lots of space and openness. And it's like you've entered into a new universe around the body. So what I said in the beginning, we have, you know, that our, the body shifts and changes depending on the state of the mind. That's what happened to you. Your sense of the body changed. I mean, your your raw physical body didn't change probably much, except maybe uh, stress hormones disappeared in that state. But um, but uh, the way we experience the body changes dramatically, and that's what you had was one example of that. So you, that was great. It was lovely to hear that report. You, Anything else? Any questions or so? I'll tell you a story that um, you might know. This is a famous Buddhist kind of uh, kind of simile. So there was um, the Buddha was sitting with a group of people like you and. And he asked them the question. He said, if an archer comes along with a bow and arrow and um, strikes you, you know, shoots you with an arrow, will that hurt you? <laughs> and they said, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, if he comes along and shoots you with a second arrow, will that hurt even more? Oh, yeah, getting two arrows hurts more than having one. And then the Buddha said, well, uh, life brings you the first arrow you shoot the second arrow. So, for example, if I'm walking down the sidewalk here and I trip and maybe fall and scrape my knee, that's just life. That happens. That's the first arrow. But it's right in front of IMC and you all see me and I'm a mindfulness teacher who's supposed to pay attention, be present. This is like an embarrassment. I'm just like a mess and this is, I'm afraid, I'm angry, angry that I got seen, angry at you for seeing me. <laughs> I'm just shooting arrows left and right. <laughs> the first, sometimes you just leave, let it be the first arrow. Oh, I, I tripped, I scraped my knee. 
it hurts. I don't have to add anything to it anymore. We add a lot of second arrows. So when there's sitting in meditation, sometimes you can see it. There's something happens in meditation that's uncomfortable, maybe pain in the body, and then you might see the second arrows. Maybe you're upset with yourself. Maybe you're upset with the teacher (laughs) giving those instructions. Maybe you um, tighten up. Maybe you, you know, shut down. Maybe you spin out or something or criticize yourself. I must be doing it wrong. There's all these second arrows we give. And part of what we're doing here is learning to be present in a very simple way. The simpler we can have the presence, the more we start noticing what we do that's extra. The second arrows, the reactivity. And for now, it's very important that you don't see that, there's, it's best not to ever think that you're meditating wrong. I want to just like, this is like the meditation free zone. You can't do it wrong. So if you have a second arrow, smile. I saw that. I'm learning the tricks of the mind. I'm learning what my mind does. This is really important to see. You notice, you see what's happening. Then you're doing the practice. And so I've said before, last week too, if you get distracted a lot in thought during meditation, um, that's not wrong. What you do then is you see that's the case. Look, I'm thinking a lot. Oh, no, but you're not supposed to think in meditation. Wait a minute, I think that's a second arrow. Let's just start again. And one of the one of the little tricks of doing this kind of meditation practice, when in doubt, just start over. Start fresh. Just in a moment's notice. Just, okay, that did, I don't know what to do. That's lost. I, boy, I had a lot of second arrows there. And um, where do I find my way back? Okay, just take a deep breath and just start over again. Let's say from just beginning. So try not to think that you're doing it wrong. If you have thoughts that you're doing it wrong, you're still not wrong. <laughs> it's just one more thing to see. Oh, look at that. I'm thinking those thoughts. I'm thinking those thoughts. And having that kind of attitude, just let it be. It's good to see it. It's important to see it. That's the path to freedom. Start seeing what goes on in the mind, in the heart, in the body. And then learning to come back and be really simple with everything. And right now, the idea is to be really simple with breathing, which is a bodily experience. It's just not just one embodied experience among others, uh, and very simple with the other sensations of your of your in your body. And um, and maybe in the, for this next week, if there's some uncomfortable body sensations that you might have, and you feel some curiosity about practicing with it, you might discover that. Um, it may be interesting to bring attention and feel it really, really simple, the discomfort. See what, see if you can just hold the discomfort as if it has permission to be there forever. As if. Hopefully it doesn't stay forever. But, but you kind of that attitude. And then just be with it. Breathe with it a little bit. Maybe go back to your breathing and then if it becomes back, go back to it. And just be and see. And see how simple you can be and see what shifts and changes. See what second arrows you don't add. 
see what extra layers of maybe tension or contraction you stopped doing that maybe you didn't even know you were doing until you started to learn to feel this radical simplicity of just being with it. It's a life skill which will serve you really, really well in many, many situations. And, um, and sometime, someday, it's not just because uh, it's for your sake, but some, someday it might be because it's time to help someone else. But you have your own challenge with your own pain and difficulty, but now you know how to hold it so it doesn't get in the way of being able to be of help in the world. It's a, it's a radical thing we're learning to do here. So, um, mindfulness of the body. If you want to explore this topic more over the course of this week, I mean, certainly just make your body be the book. Some people ask me sometimes, and maybe I irritate them by, by my answer. They ask me, uh, do you have a book to recommend on Buddhism or a book to, I should read? And I said, yeah, um, the book of your body. Everything you need to know about Buddhism is found by attention to the body. It's that profound. And I have a little bit of maybe credibility in saying that because I have a PhD in Buddhism. <laughs> so I, I should know that this is where you find it, not there in those books. And <laughs> so uh, this is the place. And um, and the um, so you know and uh, and also it might shift your relationship to your body. I think you all know that uh, in this country of ours, maybe much of the world, but certainly in this country, the amount of suffering people feel have experience about their body. You know, their body is too much. This not enough. That so I mean the amount of suffering goes on around is huge, huge. A lot of it has to do with comparative thinking, reactive thinking, judgments, uh, acquired ideas that we take in from outside, internalize them. It's, it's, and then people make a fortune on our, on our you, know, you know, on these crazy ideas we have about the body that we're sometimes told that it's supposed to be this way. And the more they can get you upset about your body, the more they can sell you. Or something. There is maybe none of you are doing this, but it's a lot going on. So this shift from the thinking, comparing, judging mind to just feeling and allowing your body its life, allowing it to be itself. Your body is your body is probably a lot happier usually than you are, and your body is probably a lot happier with itself than you are. Give your body the gift of letting it be itself without the burden of all these heavy judgments that people have. It's a radical thing. And in some ways it's maybe a political thing to do that in this country because of so much, you know, the society is so complicated around it. The, the, the good, good politics to just trust your body and feel it and be with it in a simple way. Learn that, and you might save a lot of money and a lot of anxiety or something, angst. Your body will love you. The body is a great, and it's one of the, I think people who do this practice really come to, to uh, generally come to treasure their body, love their body, treat it with a lot of respect and care, and, 
and becomes a really good partnership. Uh, with any partnership, sometimes there's challenges. <laughs> so um, thank you for being here, and, and uh, sorry to being late. I'll try not to do it again. Uh, next week I'll be here, but I'm coming up from Santa Cruz to next week to, because I'm teaching a retreat next week down there. So, you know, we know Highway 17 is notorious with problems, so uh, I'll call someone here if I'm stuck in traffic, but I'll, I'm planning to come over the hill early enough to be here in time. And, um, or if I really can't make it, then maybe Tom... Tom teaches this course also sometimes, so maybe you can fill in for me. But, um, so thank you, and I'm happy to stay here a little bit if any of you have any questions you want to ask me or say anything. And um, thank you for being here.